All right, all right, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. Guys, put some facts. Like always, of course, hope you guys are enjoying your Tuesday afternoon. I know that I am doing pretty good. Hope you guys are doing great as well. Uh, I want to talk about some recent contract extensions that have happened. One in the NHL and one in the NBA. So we'll start off with the one in the NHL with the New York Islanders crosstown rival, the New York Rangers. So Igor Shesterkin. Let's see. Let's get the contract right here. I believe it's four years. It's a four-year, 22.666 million dollar deal. So we'll be averaging 5.65 million a year. And I gotta say, you know, hmm, Shesterkin's still very young. He's still very young. And I do like Shesterkin. I actually really do. You know, I hate the Rangers. You know, I think Shesterkin, watching him play last year, you know, against the Islanders mostly, I didn't think he looked good at all. I mean, the one that always kills the Islanders is Georgiev, which I can't stand. I can't stand Georgiev at all because he always kills the fucking Islanders. So it is what it is. You know, Shesterkin's a little bit like Lundqvist. struggles against the Islanders. So that's, kind of, that's a good thing for us. But who knows? Shesterkin... He's still very young. Still very young. I don't have any hatred for the kid, you know. Four years, $22 million, that's not that bad. You know, $5 million a year, it's not a lot. It's, it's not bad. You know, he's going to be entering... This is basically his first full season when you think of it. It really is. Because he got called up in the 2019-2020 season. Like, he didn't start that season. He got called up. He went 10-2. Do you have any shutouts? He had uh, zero shutouts. And last year in the shortened season, he played 35 games, was 16, 14, and 3. So he's basically 16 and 17. And he had two shutouts. His goal against average in his first year was 252. And the next season was 262. So it went up just a little bit. Save percentage went down from the first year was 932. And last season was 916. And granted, he played more games last year than he did in his first season. And he was hurt, I believe it. Didn't he get into, like, an accident? I think he got into... Um, I forgot who it was. It was him and one of the other Ranger players that got into an accident. Then you had that girl, Kim, part of Islanders Twitter, fucking made fun of the whole situation, and I thought that was very disgusting, you know? You know, you can hate the Rangers all you want, but when an accident like that happens, you keep your fucking mouth shut. That's what you got to do right there. Because I was really worried for them. I really was. You know, so Sturkin's now going to finally play in his first full season. We know he's going to be the Rangers starting goaltender. Like, if, I'm a, if I was a Rangers fan, would I have hope in Shesterkin? Mm. That's a little bit tough. His first year, like I said, he only played 12 games. He did play that one game in the playoffs. Or not, well, the qualifying round, I should say, against Carolina. I believe it was game three. And they lost. He didn't, um, can't really blame him. The Rangers just didn't look good in that series anyway. You know... The Rangers are going to be a whole lot better than they were last season because when you think of it, last season was a very disappointing season for the Rangers because the Rangers have a very good offense. Their offense is stacked. They have so many good players on that offense. You know, defensive-wise, I think they've gotten a lot better defensive-wise. I think they'll be good there. They still got a very good farm, so that always helps. You know, they still have Georgiev, and he'll be the backup, so, you know, he'll, he's very useful, I would say, especially against the Islanders. You know, I don't want to talk about it, but... It is what it is. Um, no, but I, I expect the Rangers to make it to the playoffs this season. I expect them to be a top team in the East. 
probably the NHL as well. They are so stacked right now. And we'll see how the new head coach does for them. I really can't say his name. How's it like? Galan, is that how you say his name? Not a bad coach. Got the Panthers to the playoffs in 2015-2016. And he got Vegas to the Stanley Cup in his first year. You know, so he's not a bad coach. You know, he's a decent coach. You know, with this team, the Rangers are ready to win. You know, so the last couple seasons have been very disappointing for them because expectations have been extremely high. They've been extremely high, these expectations. And they haven't been able to succeed. They haven't haven't been able to. You know, when you look at this team, this team should be contending for a Stanley Cup. They really should. They really should, but I fully expect them to be in the playoffs this season coming up. And we'll see what happens. But Shesterk again, four years, 22 million. Not that bad. Like I said, he's going to average 5 million a year. So that's not bad. They didn't overpay for him. He's still young. He's 25. So we'll see when he turns 29. When his contract's done when he's 29, we'll see how big of a contract he'll get. He's got a lot, you know, to prove right now. Because now it's his first ever full season. It's not getting called up and playing for a little while. And this is not a shortened season. It's going to be what's going to be 82 games. It's going to be 82-game season. So he's got to be ready to be in there for like 50, 60 of those games. Fully expect, like, I would say 60, like around that. So he's got to be ready. And, you know, it's really funny. A lot of Ranger fans have said that he's better than Sorokin. I mean, I know it was a shortened season last year, but Sorokin, he played really good, especially when he was in the playoffs. Just saying. Sorokin's a big reason why the Islanders beat the Penguins in the first round. Without Sorokin, they would not have won. Because Varlamov just didn't have it against Pittsburgh. He had it against Boston. You could say he had it against Tampa. The Islanders' offense was just dead against Tampa. So Varlamov just had a bad series against Pittsburgh. Well, never, well, he only played two games. He was just terrible in game three. But so a lot of Ranger fans have said, well, if he's really better than Sorokin, and he's got to prove it. He's got to prove it to Sturkin. He really has to. And I'm rooting for the kid. Like, I'm not going to hate on him. I'm not going to do that. If he was a piece of shit, then I would. But he's not. He seems like a good kid. Like I say, he's 25. Still very young. I believe he's a year younger than Sorokin, so. You know, it's big skates to fill right there. Because Henrik Lundqvist was the king of New York. He was the king of New York right there. He really was. You know, and it really was a shame Lundqvist didn't get to win a, didn't get to win a cup. It really was a shame. Because Lundqvist busted his ass every single season. Every single season. At times, he just looked like the best goalie in the world. At times. I'm not saying that he was. But at times, he looked unstoppable. He couldn't really score. He was just so good in his prime. You know, even towards later on in his career, he was still very useful. But, like, you know, and I hope that he's doing good right now, Lundqvist. It really, it really was a shame. It really was a shame he didn't get to win. One of the greatest Rangers goaltenders of all time. Obviously, the best goaltender in Rangers history is obviously Mike Richter. But Lundqvist is up there. If Lundqvist would have won a cup, then you could probably argue. But right now, you can't argue that. It's Richter all the way. You know, because when it came down to the playoffs, I mean... I'm not going to say Lundqvist was a playoff choker. You know, you can't really... It's very cheap and easy to blame the goaltender. That's very cheap and easy, unless the goaltender's really bad... But when you saw him against the Kings, eh, he wasn't that good, especially in the first two games. You know, you can't blame him for game five. I wouldn't do that, you know. I mean, that was a (laughs) 
for fucking Martinez score. I mean, come on. I don't know if anybody would have stopped that one, but... You know... You know, part of me felt bad for Lundqvist. You know, I was younger, I used to just hate the Rangers all the time. I hated everybody. But you get older, it's like, oh, they're not such bad guys. Just the team, obviously, that you hate. But some of the guys are actually good people. Like, Lundqvist, good guy. Shesterkin seems like a good guy. Georgiev, asshole, because he does to the Islanders, but it's, it's whatever. <laughs> but I'm sure he's a good guy in real life, you know, after the whole shit with him and D'Angelo last year. That was... And who knows, maybe, like, D'Angelo was really holding them back because, you know, he was like a locker room cancer. So that, that, that doesn't vibe well either with the team. Even though, well, even though D'Angelo was gone in, after January. So the Rangers tried to make a run. Just too little too late. And David Quinn was definitely not the guy. He definitely wasn't the guy. Not a good coach. And they got rid of their GM with name Jeff Gorton. Who's really turning the team around. Now you have Jury as the fucking GM. So I don't know how that's going to turn out. You still got Jim Dolan as the owner, but things seem to be turning around for the Knicks right now. And Dolan owns, you know, he owns the Knicks, and he owns the uh, Rangers. So I don't know. And now you got this guy Gallant as the head coach. Maybe things turn around now for the Rangers. Maybe you know, they really should be up there. With well, the Shesterkin deal, like I said, it's a good deal. Very young. They didn't overpay, so it's a good deal for them. Now let's see if he lives up to expectations. It comes down to that as well. Everybody has to. You know, because this Rangers team right here is a very good team. Their defense is very young. Their offense is very good. You know, it's a big question mark at goaltending. Like, is Shesterkin the guy? I think he is. I think this comes from an outside, you know, perspective. You know, if I'm a Rangers fan, it's a different story because, you know, they watch all the games. They watch all their games, obviously. I only watch the Rangers when they play the Islanders. Or maybe if the Rangers are on national television, on NBC, play on the Capitals or Penguins, I'll tune in and watch a little bit, you know. But we'll see, though. I wish them the best, you know. And hopefully we get an Islanders-Rangers Islanders Rangers playoff matchup. That's what I've been hoping for for years. Last time it happened was 94. We all know what happened there. The Rangers kicked our fucking ass. And I was negative six, so. <laughs> Thank God I didn't get to see that. You know, um, but yeah, listen. I fully expect the Rangers to be in the playoffs. They could even be a conference finals team. They really could. They have so much talent. You have guys like Zabanajan, and you got guys like Panarin. And, you know, Capococco is still young. He's got a lot of potential. You got that, uh, what's his name? Lafanier, however you say his name. He's still very young. They've been comparing him and Sidney Crosby. That's a big comparison right there because Crosby's a future Hall of Famer. You know, they have so many young pieces. They have so many good young pieces on this team. Especially when it comes to defense, too, with Adam Fox. He's a very good defender. I think, didn't he win the Norris? Very good defender. He really is. He did win the Norris. Yeah, he's a very good defender, Adam Fox. He really is. They have so much potential. The, the big question is, can they live up to that potential or expectations? Can they live up to it? I think they will. You know, if they still had David Quinn, I would say no. Because he's just not a good head coach. You can just tell. Body language shows it all. Gallant's not a bad head coach. He's a decent head coach. His first year in Vegas as an expansion team, they got to the Stanley Cup. And you can tell, oh, they had so many good pieces. I mean, they still do. But it all comes down to coaching as well. Gallant's not a bad head coach. He's not. 
You know, is he good enough to coach the Rangers to a Stanley Cup? That remains to be seen. Like, again, they should make it to the playoffs. If they don't make it, if the New York Rangers don't make it to the playoffs this season, they got to blow it all up. They have to. You have to trade so many guys away and try again. You know, even if they should not even miss by a point. They shouldn't. They should make the playoffs. They should have made the playoffs these last two years. I mean, yeah, okay, they went to the qualifier round, but they got swept. They didn't even win a game. Their offense was dead against Carolina. That Carolina team wasn't even that good. Carolina got bounced by Boston in the first round. I think the Rangers could have put up a better fight. I mean, seriously, come on. But I'm just saying, and then you had the shortened season last year. You had the shortened season last year, and the Rangers were nowhere near the playoffs. At a time, they were. But then they fell apart. It seems like after the whole D'Angelo and Georgiev situation, which obviously D'Angelo caused, the Rangers just weren't the same team. They had some good offensive moments, or just good moments in general. But Chesterkin really wasn't that good. It's just the team in general wasn't that good. You know, they did get shut out four times by the Islanders. It's, I'm just saying, let me, let me be happy, okay? <laughs> just saying, I'm not trying to rub it in your guys' face. I'm just saying. And that's embarrassing right there. If you're a Rangers fan or anybody on that team, you're embarrassed. You don't want to get shut out by your rival four times. Even in a long season, in a regular season, like 82-game season, that's embarrassing. Especially if it comes down to the playoffs. That's incredibly embarrassing. You know, I'm not trying to make fun of the Rangers at all. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying they have to live up to expectations. The expectation is that they should win a Stanley Cup. They really should. With this team, and I'm sure if they're up there this season, which they will by the deadline, maybe they'll add somebody else to the deadline. I wouldn't blow it all up for Jack Eichel here in the offseason. I would not do that. Jack Eichel is a locker room cancer. All the coaches and GMs that have been let go since he's been there he's just not a good guy is he a good hockey player he absolutely is but he's a headache to deal with do the, do the rangers really want to deal with that do you want to give up be like most of your farm and just to get him i mean this is not mcdavid we're talking about or dry or crosby i mean i would take crosby as older age than eichel and crosby as older age is still great I mean, Jesus Christ, I take Wayne Gretzky at his own age right now than fucking Eichel. Because Gretzky was never a problem like that. Never was. You see what I'm trying to say? Like, Eichel needs to get his shit together. That's a story for another day. I mean, I'm waiting to talk about him if he ever gets traded. I mean, I don't know if any teams really want him. So maybe the Kings, the Ducks, the Wild. I'm like, I mean, the King, and all those three teams I just mentioned are very young teams. Do you really want to give it all up for him? I mean, again, this is not McDavid we're talking about again, like I'm saying. So if I'm the Rangers, I would not trade for him. Even if, even if you gave up just a little bit, I still wouldn't do it. I still wouldn't do it. It's not worth the headache. The Rangers have went through too much as it is. I mean, one with Jim Dolan being the owner. I'm just saying that because Jim Dolan's a piece of shit. And two, the whole thing with D'Angelo and Georgiev, which obviously was D'Angelo's fault. And it's him being a locker room cancer in general. 
you know, and that whole shit with Tom Wilson right there. I mean, oh my God. That's why it is good they signed Ryan Reeves. Because Ryan Reeves will bitch out fucking Tom Wilson any day. So that's actually a really good sign for the Rangers. Like, Ryan Reeves, I like him. Tom Wilson's a piece of shit. Ryan Reeves does basically the same things. But look what Tom Wilson does, though. Look what he did last year. It wasn't like Buchnevich that he almost seriously hurt Panarin. I mean, what the fuck? Like, you saw what Tom Wilson did was absolutely disgusting and should have been arrested for it. I mean, the way he grabbed... I think it was Panarin's hair he grabbed and threw him down. I was like, motherfucker, you could have you killed him. What the hell is wrong with you? And seeing Tom Wilson do, like, that pose in the fucking... In the penalty box. I'm like, oh, my God. This guy's a real piece of shit. And I thought Martian and Reeves were pieces of shit. But, oh, my God. Jesus. Fuck that, man. That's just a bunch of shit right there. And people probably would think, oh, you're an Islanders fan. Why would you care? Because it's a bitch move right there by fucking Tom Wilson to do that. I mean, that's disgusting. It seriously was. It really, really was. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. So I hope Ryan Reeves, you know, I hope he just destroys them. I don't know if the Rangers and Capitals play opening night or whatever it is or whenever they do play. I just hope Reeves just goes after them the whole game. Or whoever does. Because fuck him, man. That's just... You're going too far when you, when you pull stunts like that on the ice. So you're going way too far. But again, last thing I want to talk about with the Rangers, like with Shesterkin... Good contract again. Not, I didn't think it was overpay. It was a fair deal. It's like, all right, first full season coming up for him now. He's gonna play like at least sixty games, and Georgiev will get the rest. Shosturkin has a lot to prove, and I do expect him to have a slow start. I expect him to have a slow start, but I think towards the end or towards like the middle right there, of the season, he'll start to find it and he'll pick it up. And especially towards the end of the season. I think towards the end of the season, he'll be unstoppable. There's going to be some games there where he looks unstoppable. I think he's going to have two shutouts in a row towards the end of the season. He's going to look like a Vesna. He's going to look like a Vesna finalist towards the end of the season. Will he be a Vesna finalist? I'm not saying that he will, but he'll look like one. That's just what I feel. I think he'll have a slow start to the season because now it's like, okay, now you're in an 82-game season and you're not starting off with no fans in the arena it's going to be a sellout crowd at MSG. It's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. You got to expect that now. He's got to get used to it now. You're going to see sellout crowds. You know, you're going to see big crowds now. Like, right there, we'll sell out crowds. Basically, it's the same thing. But you know what I mean. But I wish the best for him, though. I really do. Don't hate the kid. I hope he does good. And like I said, just not against the Islanders, obviously. But again, my expectations for the Rangers is they should make it to the playoffs. Like I said, they could make it to the conference finals because they are that good of a team on paper. They are one of the best teams in the league on paper. It all remains to be seen how they do on the ice. So we'll wait and see. But now let's get to Luka Dantich. So that's the NBA contract extension I wanted to talk about. So Luka Dantich, a 22-year-old Got a five-year, $207 million Supermax contract. Oh, boy. So, Doncic is already a two-time NBA All-Star right now. He's been in the league for three years. His first season, he played 72 games, starting all of them. He averaged 21.2 points per game. 
The next season, he played in, in 61 games, started in all of them, averaged 28.8 points per game. And the 2021, uh, the 2020-21 season, he played in 66 games, started in all of them, and averaged 27.7 points per game. So stats went down a little bit point-wise. So he has never come off the bench just yet in his career. And why would he? I mean, Luka Doncic, you just look at this kid right now. Well, now there's new management in Dallas. There's no Rick Carlisle anymore. Now it's Jason Kidd. And Jason Kidd is a Mavericks legend. He is in a way. He really is. Started off his young career in Dallas. And then he went there later on in his career and won a ring in 2010-2011. Had some really good moments in the playoffs, especially the finals. You know... I really love Luca. A lot of people know that I do. Very talented, you know, European basketball player. You know, is it a lot of money right now when you think of it? I mean, I mean, the kid's an MVP candidate. He really is. It's a big, you know, it's a big contract right there. 207 mil. I mean, seeing the way he's played, yeah, I'm not going to say it's overpaying at all, to be honest. I'm not going to say that. I just really hope Dallas, if they make it to the playoffs this year, I hope they get out of the first round because back-to-back years, meeting the Clippers in the first round, getting bounced by them. Well, I shouldn't say getting bounced. First year, they uh, lost in six, and, la- and last season they lost in seven. I mean, they were up two games to nothing in the first round, you know, uh, last season. But then the Clippers just answered back just like that. So it was a real shame, though. You know, I want to see Dallas make a long run. I really do. I want to see, you know, Luka make a long run in the playoffs. Like, I don't care about KP, you know, but I really care about Luka. I want to see him make a long run in the playoffs. I really do. And I, I do believe he'll win the MVP someday. I'm not saying it'll be this season coming up. It could be. I, I don't think, I mean, I don't think so. It would be nice. You know, but Dallas, they have a thing for, you know, having great European players. Like Dirk Nowitzki, and now Luca. I mean, obviously you can't put you can't put Luca in the category with Dirk right now, because obviously Dirk Nowitzki is the best Dallas Maverick of all time. Unless if Luca wins multiple MVPs and multiple championships, then that's a different story. But for right now, it's Dirk. You can't put him in the same category. They're not there yet. Not even close. Like I said, if Luca wins multiple MVPs. And maybe if he just wins one or two championships, whatever he does, wherever he wins, hopefully he does win a championship in his career in Dallas. Because I've always had love for the Dallas Mavericks. Always loved watching Dirk play, when, of course, when Jason Kidd was there. Especially when Vince Carter was there towards later on in his career. You know, he hit a big clutch shot against San Antonio back in 2014. I remember that very well. You know, so I've always had love for the Mavericks, love their fans, love Mark Cuban. I love Rick Carlisle as the head coach. Now with Jason Kidd as the head coach, mm, I don't know about that one. So, I mean, Jason Kidd as a coach, I mean, his first year coach was with the Nets. It was the year after he he retired with the Knicks. He came to coach the Nets. They were 44 and 38. They were worse than the year before. They fell from fourth in the East to, uh, what was it, like, 7th in the East, I believe. I think it was, like, 7th or 6th in the East. They won the first round. They beat Toronto. I'll always remember Paul Pierce's block right there in Game 7 against Toronto. That was his best moment as a net. Other than that, Paul Pierce was an asshole, and he sucked. 
but I love KG though. People know how I feel about KG and Paul Pierce. Hated Paul Pierce, but I love KG. And then Jason Kidd went to the Bucks after that. I think was it like a trade or something like that. I don't even like remember what it was, but he coached the Bucks for a couple years. Was very average at best. Hey, he just wasn't that great in Milwaukee. He really wasn't. Didn't help them at all. I mean, they were finished like on five hundred, like almost every season. It's just like he really didn't. Do, he really didn't do much to help. But luckily, Milwaukee wound up winning a ring. You know, this season or last season, I should say. You know, and kid wasn't a bad. He wasn't a bad assistant coach for the Lakers. I see him more as an assistant coach. As a head coach, I mean, listen, he's one of the greatest point guards I've ever seen in my life, Jason Kidd, you know. He's my all-time favorite net, so I'll always love the guy. But I don't know if he's fit to be a head coach. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll actually be great in Dallas because those were some of his best days, you know. Well, I mean, his best days, you could say, were with the Nets, obviously. But he had some really good memories in Dallas, especially when they won their first championship in 2011. You know, he's a great basketball mind. He absolutely is. I think during his time coach with the Nets, he'll always be remembered for fucking telling Tyshawn Taylor to fucking hit him. Because, you know, the Nets were down by two, and Kobe Bryant got rest of souls at the free throw line. The Nets had no timeouts left. And Tyshawn Taylor was coming out of the game. You know, OG Net fans remember who that is. You know, real shame he... He was supposed to be a really good, you know, rookie prospect, but never turned out to be. It is what it is. Um, anyway, he was coming out of the game. Jason Kidd had a soda in his hand, and he told Tyshawn to hit him, so it would be spillage. Like, you know, he spilled the soda, and they have to clean up because he was going to try to draw up a play. And it almost worked because then Kobe hit the second free throw, and the Nets brought it down court, and Paul Pierce had the shot right there wide open, exactly how they drew it up, and he missed. That's basically Paul Pierce's uh, Nets career. Clutch shots, he couldn't hit them. Joe Johnson, though, love that guy. You gave him the ball in a clutch situation, it almost seemed like 10 out of 10 times he hits it. Like, very rare he would miss a clutch shot, but Paul Pierce, oh my God. And the look he got was wide open, and he missed it. I was like, oh my fucking God. It Was it smart by Jason Kidd to do that, man? He did get fined for that, but it was smart. I think anybody else would have done that. You know, is it creative? I mean, it is. Is it being an asshole? Yeah. But it's smart. Anybody else would have done it. Anybody listening right now, they would have done it. I would have done it. I would have absolutely done it. And that's why the Nets were struggling starting the season because D-Will was hurt. I believe Lopez at the time was hurt. So the Nets were very short-handed. That's why you had Tyshawn Taylor playing big minutes right there you know it is what it is though that season like losing Lopez I'm not saying the Nets would have won it all if Lopez was there but they were playing small ball constantly you know because with Brooke Lopez being out for the season with an injury I believe I don't know if it was his footy broke or something in his leg we had KG playing center all the time and they had Plumlee there at times they brought in Jason Collins, never really played him at all. And he had size, but they really didn't play him. Especially in the playoffs, they didn't even play him. So, yeah, Andre Blanche was in there at times. It was just like, they were just such a small team. 
It is what it is, though. But back to the Mavericks, though, with Jason Kidd as the head coach, with Luka. I think he can really make Luka, I'm not going to say a better player, you know. You know, um, I was going to say push him to a superstar level, but Luka's already at that level. And this is his fourth year coming up here in the NBA. And he's hit some big shots. One of my favorite shots that Luka's made was definitely in game four against the Clippers in the bubble. That was a long shot right there he hit to win the game. That was beautiful. You know, I hope Jason Kidd can really, you know, push Luka a little bit more. That's all I hope for. Because I want to see Luka and the Mavericks succeed. That's what I want to see right there. And Rick Carlisle was there for a long time. So, you know, eventually his time was going to be up. You know, he was there for years. He was there when they won the championship. So he had an amazing run. He'll go down as one of the best Dallas Maverick coaches of all time. Easily. Just like Dirk is the best Dallas Maverick of all time. But Luka could be up there in 10 years. He could be. I'm not saying that he's going to be. I'm not going to be like a guy like Stephen A. or Kendrick Perkins or Skip Bayless. Oh, yeah, Luka. Like, after Luka drops, like, fucking 60 points in a game. Oh, Luka Doncic is officially the greatest Dallas Maverick of all time. Just no. Just no. Absolutely not. If it happens this year, because Luka could have a 60-point game this year, I already know what all these guys are going to say. Like I said, like Skip and Perkins and Stephen A., all the idiots, they're going to be like, oh, Luka Doncic is the greatest Dallas Mavericks ever lived. Dirk who? I'd be like, yeah, Dirk who, the guy that has a ring. Multiple all-star games. Seriously? You, you can't. Dirk Nowitzki is Mr. Dallas Maverick. That could be Luka's title in 10, 15 years, but that's, that's going to be in the future probably. Not now. It's still Dirk. Or maybe it'll be somebody else. I don't know. But I, re- I can just see it right now. It's, it's not that hard to predict. That's going to be the question on first take right there if the Luka has a 60-point game this year because I believe it's going to happen. You know, like, is Luka Doncic the greatest Dallas Maverick of all time? And Stephen A will say yes because he's an idiot. Either him or Kelman will say yes. Or even if they bring Perkins in, he'll say yes. Or especially that other idiot, Ryan Hollins, who's more clueless than a deer in headlights, he'll say yes. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, like, do you guys get paid to say stupid things? Because I would love to get paid a million dollars to be on TV and just say, just say stupid things constantly. But I would never do that because, you know what, I'm not a stupid person. I know my sports knowledge, unlike these other idiots that you see on TV every day. You know what I mean? It's unreal. But I am happy for Luka, though. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. Love watching him play. He's great. You know, he's going to be an MVP someday. I truly believe he is going to be an MVP someday. And I think a lot of people would agree. That's not a stupid take at all. You know, well, hey, if the guys like Stephen A. Perk and Skip said that, then I would agree. Because that is true. I see him winning an MVP. I don't know if it's going to be this season. But it'll be soon. I believe, though, in his five-year Supermax contract, in one of these years, whether it be his first, second, third, fourth, or fifth, he's going to win an MVP. Maybe even two. Maybe even two. Maybe back-to-back. Maybe he'll pull Giannis and go back-to-back. That remains to be seen. But you already heard it here. It's, I think a lot of people, again, would agree. If somebody random came up to me right now and said, Luka Doncic is going to win MVP someday, I would say, absolutely, I could see it happening. 
I see it. I absolutely see it. But let's hope he lives up to the hype now of his contract. $207 million. The Supermax contract. That's a lot of money. You know, with some great players, they get paid the big bucks and then they disappear. Then they disappear. They spend it, you know, very stupid. They get stupid. You know, Lucas seems like a smart kid. He does. You know, I think yeah, Trey Young also got that Supermax contract too, and he absolutely deserved it for the run that he put that him and the Hawks went on, which was amazing. So seeing young guys like Luca and Trey Young get paid the big bucks is awesome. You know, I really hope we do see a Mavericks Hawks finals in the future. Seeing Luca versus Trey in seven games, could you imagine that? People would say, oh, man, who would watch that? Uh, I would watch that. That's a fun NBA Finals. Like the Suns versus Bucks was a fun NBA Finals because it wasn't predictable. You could make you could make the argument that the Bucks would have made it to the Finals at the beginning of the season. Absolutely, that's fine. The Suns, you probably wouldn't even predict that the Suns would make it to the playoffs, let alone the Finals. So we don't know what's going to happen this season. I mean, will Dallas make it to the Finals? I mean, right now I'm going to say no because I don't think they're good enough. They're good enough to make it to the playoffs. They're good enough to probably make it to the third round, the conference finals, or maybe even the second round. Actually, not on the second round, because it all depends who you play in the second round. Because I see them as a top team in the West. So, I don't know if I'd say top four, maybe top five. You know, that's where they've been the last two years. Uh, But, I mean, again, you cannot rely on Luka to hit every big shot, though. You know, he's going to need some help. KP's really got to step it up. He's got to step it up. A whole lot. But we'll see. I hope the Mavericks do make a long run. I hope it's not just another first round exit. Maybe they'll meet the Clippers again in the first round. Maybe this time they'll beat them. Maybe three times the charm. I don't know. But I think if you put the Mavericks up against like the Lakers in the first round, they're not going to win. If everybody's healthy, if Westbrook, LeBron, and AD are all healthy... No shot the Mavericks would win. No shot they win. Like, maybe if, like, one of them was hurt, then you give them a better chance, but they still probably lose. I think Luka's got to stay healthy, too. Because he has shown signs of fatigue in the playoffs. Especially against the Clippers last year. He showed a little bit of fatigue towards the end right there in that first round. KP, that's another guy. He's got to stay healthy. KP's a big dude. He's got to stay fucking healthy, man. He's got to stay healthy. KP's been injury prone ever since he got hurt with the Knicks. It's just been on and off and on and off and on and off and on and off. He's too frail. He's got to put some muscle on KP because he's not... When, he, when he's on, he's on. He seemed like he was going to be a really nice story for the Knicks, though. But then he wanted out. And listen, I don't blame KP for wanting out, though, because the whole thing that was going on... It mostly was due to him and Phil Jackson not getting along. And I think that whole thing with him and Phil, like, just ruined his relationship with the Knicks. Like, maybe Dolan didn't take KP's side. I mean, that's fair. You're going to take Phil. That's fair. You're going to take Phil's side. I mean, ruin the Knicks. But other than that, Phil Jackson is one of the greatest, if not the greatest NBA head coach of all time. Look what he did in Chicago and for the L.A. Lakers. I mean, like, come on. You just can't get any better than that. But... And we all, we all know all the Knicks fans hate KP. We already know that. 
Because then... Because he, he did a dick move when they said that he was getting traded. You know, he posted a gif, him and Luca like, you know, dapping it up, like, at the Knicks-Mavericks game. It was back in 2019. It was like, I think it was a couple of days uh, before the trade happened. So, right there, he made himself look like the bad guy. He made himself look like a bad guy. If he didn't do that, I think Knicks fans would give him a whole lot more respect. He just wasn't thinking You know, but that's a guy that's got to really step it up for Dallas. I mean, and again, the thing is, can Jason Kidd, can he coach? Can he really coach? His expectations, they should be high in Dallas. Not like finals expectations high, but Luka's getting the big bucks. And KP, again, when he's healthy, he's a damn good ball player. I think any bitter Nick fan would admit that. When he's healthy... He's a great ball player. But if the injuries keep piling up, KP's going to have early retirement. That's just the truth. He's got to stay healthy. And he's still very young, but when injuries keep piling up, piling up, piling up. Look what happened to Yao Ming towards later on in his career. Because that's, that's when he was mostly injured. Early on in his career, he was healthy. But when you get older, the injuries keep on happening. Look how early he had to retire. I'm not trying to compare it to. I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to compare, like, the injuries. As you get older, it's like, it's the recovery and all that shit. It takes a toll on you. It takes a toll on your body. So he's got to stay healthy. And Luca, who's who's young, too, he can't be fatigued later on in the season. Especially in the playoffs. Dallas needs him. That's your number one. That's your Batman right there. And KP is your Robin. Unless if Dallas gets somebody else during the season. Maybe they get somebody really good. Maybe they get somebody as good right there to be a Robin. I don't know. I'm really pulling for Dallas. I want to see them make a long run. I want to see them get in the finals. And hopefully Jason Kidd can coach, hopefully can coach well in Dallas. Hopefully he can. I just don't know if he can, though. But hopefully they can turn it around. Hopefully they can get out of the first round. That would be a step. Be a step in the right direction. But we'll see what happens. But to Sisterkin, to Dantic, you know, best of luck to them. They deserve their contracts. You know, they got paid. It's very nice. Congratulations to both of them. You know, young stars in their own different league, like with Sisterkin in the NHL and Dantic now here in the NBA. Let's see if they can live up to the expectations now, money wise. Because anytime a player gets, well, well Sisterkin, I can't compare. Shesterkin Dantich. So let me take Shesterkin out of the picture there because I think he'll, like I said, he'll be fine. So the big concern I have is with Dantich is you got paid the big money. Can you stay healthy? Because usually players that get paid the big money, either they're injury prone afterwards or they're just not the same. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying not the same as like with injuries. I already said injuries. Not the same as like where you disappear in big moments. You know what I'm trying to say? So let's see what happens though. But I hope you guys. Enjoy this episode right here. We guys enjoy the rest of your day, rest of your night. And I will talk to you guys either Thursday or Friday with my AEW Dynamite review. Alright guys, have a great night. Enjoy this episode. Talk to you guys soon.